0: welcome back guys it's mountain meditations i know you haven't heard my voice or seen my face in a very long time and uh it's been a while and i feel like i say that every time we make a new episode but i promise i am trying to be more consistent about this stuff Um, so yeah, let's just go ahead and jump into today. It's more of a moral type thing going on, more of a philosophy type thing. Uh, Tristan, what are we talking about today? Tristan? Tristan, are you there? Huh. Um, I guess he's not on the call. Oh, there's a little note here. What does this say? Have gone hunting, have fun, love, Tristan. Interesting, okay. I guess him and Shed went to go get some food or something. Oh, there's something written on the back. What does it say? Um, If you aren't willing to do something for yourself, you're abdicating away your responsibility to yourself. Well, thank you, Tristan. That's a beautiful little fortune cookie thing there. Um, So although he is not here with us today, this message will be a common theme and an interesting moral philosophy that will resonate more with you as we break down exactly what power is. Uh, why people need it so badly, and how it is given often to those who misuse it. So this actually brings up a lot more moral questions. One for me personally was the act of hunting, uh, something I always thought of as barbaric when I was growing up. Uh, It wasn't really part of like the natural order to me. In this situation, it always seemed like to my little childlike brain as though the hunter was using his advantage of power You know, having a gun, being hidden, being stealthy to kill a weak and almost powerless animal. Um, In the Disney movie Bambi, they have an awful, awful scene that you all have seen where his mother is shot by hunters. And that image always stuck in my brain as an act of evil and almost cowardice. When Tristan told me his new philosophy, which is what I read on the back of the note, I think it was more than a year ago. It didn't really like resonate with me until later on, uh, I had to let it tumble through the emptiness of my brain. And I soon came to the realization that I was a hypocrite. You know, Tristan was more referring to situations of law, like taking away people's rights, their guns, their possessions by use of force, you know, using the government. Um, but to me, I started thinking about hunting, you know, I've always been a meat eater my whole life. I was completely okay with using someone else's power to take what I wanted without having to carry out the evil deed myself. And that somehow made me more moral and better than the savage hunter. Uh, I can't think of anything more cowardly now that I think back on it. This is one of the many ways that power can be abused, and how different types of power are seen as good or bad, like the power that you've been given given, you know, naturally is often seen as evil. Uh, But the power that you've obtained is often seen as earned and righteous. And this opens up a thousand more discussions. Is power bad? Is the hunter having a gun giving him an advantage over the animal a work of evil or good? To my seven-year-old brain, it was evil, obviously. Not only was I strangely obsessed with the idea of honor and morals which is a podcast for another day. I thought that the battle should be like a playing, uh, a level playing field between the hunter and the hunted. Uh, as if the first monkey to pick up a rock and use it as a weapon was uh, cowardly instead of ingenious. you know, Anyone who has ever been close to a large animal like a horse or even, you know, deer, deer are pretty powerful. Um, You felt the power of their strength that they've been given by God. So is it really a level playing field? Not only that, but the act of killing an animal with a gun, if done correctly, is much more humane way of killing them. At least, you know, when you examine the amount of suffering that the animal has to go through. This is something Joe Rogan has talked about a lot on his podcast. But I think the Bambi story is important. Hollywood sort of has an obsession with weakness when you start paying attention to the movies and media that you're exposed to on a daily basis. These images and stories have a dramatic impact on the way we approach power dynamics. So going past hunting, you can see that everyone loves the underdog, even, you know, especially me. Admittedly, I love a good underdog story. Someone who gains their power By trying and training and giving their all like the Rocky movies, classic uh, representation of rags to riches, doing my best, training hard and, you know, saves the day, even though it's not really that important of, you know, it's a boxing match. And to him, it's like everything, but to everyone else, it's, you know, less so. But anyways, uh, being an outcast and being different is often rewarded in the end, in terms of Hollywood, and oftentimes it's rewarded by magical interference and not by their own doing, so not in the Rocky story, but more in the story of, let's say, Harry Potter, Um, a boy who is weak, bullied, looked down upon by others, and he finds out he's actually really special, really powerful, and very famous, so, you know, wow, that's great, isn't it? In the Chamber of Secrets, he was provided with the sword to kill the Basilisk by Fox the Phoenix, who is Dumbledore's pet. Um, and, you know, it's it's this whole thing about help will always be provi- provided to those, you know, at Hogwarts. And it's not, but he doesn't win, he doesn't defeat the Basilisk by his own magical power or even his own internal power. Yes, he's brave for facing against the snake, but most of the time he's fighting for his life. To be fair, he's a child. But, you know, in fact, most of the books end this way where Harry is being saved by someone or something. Even him killing Voldemort in the final battle is uh it essentially ends with Voldemort killing himself. His own spell is the thing that kills him. So Harry doesn't really do, I mean, Harry does a lot, right? But Harry isn't actually your classical idea of a hero. And I guess that was done on purpose. But um, let's let's think of something else. Um, I'm gonna play a clip. It's from the first Captain America movie. This is when Steve, you know, the main character, Steve Rogers, very small, very weak, but a very good person, good and caring per- person, Um, is chosen to be given super strength and become a powerful super soldier.
1: Good becomes great. Bad becomes worse. This is why you were chosen. Because a strong man who has known power all his life may lose respect for that power. But a weak man knows the value of strength and knows compassion. Thanks, I think.
0: So, I love this movie. It's actually one of my favorite Marvel movies, and if Tristan were here, he would be, you know, waving his fist at me, and a lot of people as well, because for some reason people don't like that one as much, or Marvel movies in general, um, which is understandable, like, you know, they're superhero movies. But um, I think it's just a great like, example of an all-around classic superhero movie. But this idea from this clip kept rolling around in my head, and it's the idea that someone who never had power would be better equipped to handle it. And I know that it's just a superhero movie, right? But I I think the morals taught to us in movies are often more influential than we think. So just roll with me here. Um, I think this scene tells us More than anything, how disconnected some of these movies are from reality, not even just the flying alien invasions and green giant muscular men. But Steve, a man who has been weak his whole life, may be able to appreciate the value of power, but he won't know how to control it at all. Does a weak man really know how to handle power? Uh, I would trust a person who has worked with guns their whole life than someone who's never touched a gun to lecture me on how powerful a gun can be. I mean, that just makes sense to me. The gun guy has held the gun in his hands. He's seen it tear through targets, even animals, and he knows how to hold it, how to load it, clean it, and what to do when he's not using it. And this is true for physical strength as well. I mean, going back, you know, Joe Rogan again and Jocko Willink have... Both talked about this on their podcast multiple times. The importance of training and physical fighting like jiu-jitsu and how it helps you not only control your own body, but also know when you need to not fight and how detrimental fighting can be to everyone involved. When you've seen how easy it is to break someone's spine on the pavement in a casual street brawl, it makes you a little more wary of picking fights, understandably.
1: No, they're relentless, they never stop, and there's no reason for them to stop. You know why? Because you can't hit them. That's what it is. Think about that. There's no physical ramifications for being an asshole when you're a woman. Do you know how how much of a dick I would be if it was socially unacceptable to kick the shit out of me? Dude, I would be trashing everybody I saw. See some big muscle-bound guy. Hey, I go to the fucking gym. Slap his protein shake out of his head, Hey, go fuck yourself, right? But I can't do that, right? Every guy has a line, and if I cross the line, I get blasted in the face. Totally acceptable, right? But with women, there's no line. They can just keep fucking... Just keep coming at you. Dude, they can do stuff worthy of like a suplex, and they'll just stand right next to it, do not have the decency to run away?
0: <laughs> that was comedian Bill Burr. He's a very funny guy, obviously. You've probably heard that clip before, but there's something to be taken away from this bit that he does. The power that a lot of women and smaller men and weaker people hold is actually based on bigger, more dangerous men's restraint. The only thing holding you back from physical ramifications is your own weakness. Wait.
1: Nobody there to stop me from punching her in her fucking mouth, except for social contract. The fact is that she believes that socially, she I can't can knock tested. her in her fucking mouth. But if I was that a screw loose, I could turn around and wring this bitch's neck just for that. Now, my girl did that shit talking to some motherfucker, and, I, and she's in his face like, let me tell you something. I walked away. She goes, whoa. She runs up to me, right? And goes, <clears throat> "Why would you do that? Well, why would you run? You know, he could have. Uh, 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 he could have what? They could have what? Why do it? Why do now it? Now she do has it. an option. That dude could have punched you in your fucking face. And you couldn't do shit about it except for look at me. So you're gonna have to learn respect. It trickles down from me. Anger, you, you, anger. Ca- you have to have anger. No, you and don't. Then, then uh, shut up. Uh, and I- let me tell you <laughs> something.
0: That was another comedian, Patrice O'Neal. may he rest in peace, saying a similar thing. His girlfriend in this situation sort of used him as a bodyguard. And people do this more often than they think. When you get in someone's face and become hostile, Is it because you know you hold enough power to protect yourself and win the battle, or is it because you know someone, whether it's your boyfriend or social stigmas or even the law, will have your back? Also, sometimes these powers will fail. And as my grandfather used to say, you can be right, but you'll be dead right. Meaning you can be right and still lose. So yes, not only can power be given in these situations, but it can also be given to the wrong people. A lot of people I run into on a daily basis are completely comfortable and almost eager to bring others' authority down on you. These people are despicable and will not rest until you conform under their thumb or someone else's thumb. Um, comply or someone else will do something about it, essentially. These were the tattletales in school, snitches, whatever you call them, and they don't grow out of it as they get older. They would rather get you to lose your job or get you banned from a platform than have to converse with you. But someone always has to take out the trash. Thankfully, it's not them because they never have to see you. So let's go back to Tristan's quote, which is, very relevant now that we've gone full circle, if you aren't willing to do something for yourself, you're abdicating away your responsibility to yourself. Viktor Frankl wrote in the book Man's Search for Meaning, published in 1946, about the Holocaust and finding happiness during very dark times. Obviously, the Holocaust being a prime example of dark times to go through, Um but anyways, he has a quick section where that really stuck out to me where he speaks on the Capos, which are the Jewish prisoners that would become sort of promoted to guard status in return for rewards like cigarettes or different kind of food, special treatment. And these are the men who would be in Dante's ninth circle of hell for sure. They often turned out to be more cruel than the Nazi guards themselves. Uh, This was because in the pursuit of power, the slightest bit of power going to their heads was being abused almost immediately, and you find this a lot of times that, a lot of times at the top of the hierarchy, you can find a difference in the way power is used than at the bottom, or at least levels that are close to each other. For example, like someone who's your direct boss would be more likely to be aggressive towards you than someone's who's very far away on the totem pole and is the boss of the entire company. So, a lot of that was very broad. Uh, I've pulled examples from literally everywhere, from movies to comedians, but I want to try to summarize in closing. Um, Try to use your own power. Try to gain your own power in your own way. Be stronger, be smarter, be a better person, but do it yourself. Uh, Try to use as little strength and authority from others as you can. Be aware of when you're using someone else's strength to your own advantage and avoid those situations. And also, subscribe to Mountain Meditations uh, because I'm going to have a few more episodes probably like this. Tristan has been very busy. Um, He's got a job. He's in school. Um, But I would like to keep this going. I like... Uh, I like mountain meditations. I think it's fun. Go follow my Twitter because I have random ideas on there. Um, I'm also lifting a lot, posting my lifting progress. Let me know if I should keep going with the philosophy series or if you'd rather have Tristan back. Uh, See you guys next time.